The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. Today is Tuesday the 16th of July and it is 10 o'clock. I hope you have had a wonderful morning so far. It's kind of bright and sunny out there so I hope you've got something nice planned for today. We are going to start off with A Nasheed by Dalib Al-Habib called Songs of Innocence. And I sing my songs of innocence To you, my precious child, as you lay on your bed With your sleepy eyes and your heavy head Rest and dream in peace till morning comes again I will sing my songs of innocence I will sing my songs of innocence Be quenched 
Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. It's five past ten. It's Tuesday the 16th of July. My name is Imrana. Um, so you were just listening to the Songs of Innocence by Talib al-Habib. Um, and the reason for that nasheed was hopefully to bring us nicely into the book that we're going to be discussing um, today. Um, and it was actually... Um, came to my mind um, to discuss this because it's a session that we went to um, yesterday um, organised by Organisation of um, Culture and Character. Um, so the book is called Educating Children, which is based on a poem um, called Riyadh al-Sibiyan. Um, and it was really an amazing session. So we had um, we were joined by Sheikh Abdul Aziz Fredericks and he went through um, some of the commentary um, basically because he's translated um, this poem, this text. And um, I thought it would be really interesting um, to discuss it in terms of this idea of educating children, but in kind of a modern context, but using a very classical traditional text and I think that kind of um, I don't know if juxtaposition would be the right term, but it's really, really interesting that actually we are in a time that um, it's so important to go back to the classical, I think, um, tradition of, of Islam to and try to see how that still fits into even modern day life and modern day parenting. Um, I'm joined in the studio by Umm Muhammad, who is a mother and teacher. So I'm going to say assalamu alaikum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you, Alhamdulillah. How are you? Yes, very well, actually. Not bad. I think, you know, I think the weather's helping. I it think the weather's helping. It's just, um, it's been um, a nice spell of sunny weather, which we're not always um, accustomed to, I have to say, in this um, in this country. Um, so, in terms of um, the book itself, I will give a quick uh, background to um, educating um, children, Riyadh al-Sibiyan. Um, so, it was written by... Imam um, al-Ramli, so I will give a quick um, introduction. So he was born in Ramla, a village near Munafia in Egypt. In um, He was the son of a famous Shafi Fiqi and Mufti Shahab al-Din Ahmed al-Ramli. His teachers include his father, Sheikh al-Islam Zakaria al-Insari and al-Hatib al-Shirbini. After his father's death, he became the chief um, Shafi Mufti in Egypt. Such was his eminence that many came to identify him as a majadid of his century. Um, so, Riyadh al-Sibiyan, a classical poem on parenting, was written 500 years ago um, by um, Imam uh, al-Ramali. Um, and all of this, basically, the, the book itself or, or the poem, it pertains to the raising um, of children with sound education to raise a spiritual child who, who loves Allah and um, his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, so, what we, myself and Muhammad will do, I think we're going to um, talk a little bit about uh, the session that we attended um, on the weekend and just talk in general as well because we're, we're both um, we're both mothers, we're both um, teachers as well and just kind of bring our own uh, maybe experiences um, uh, into the show. And if there are any uh, parents listening or even actually if not parents, maybe, you know, it's something that you would like um, in the future in terms of, you know, having children. Any thoughts or comments, I mean, please uh, feel free um, to call in. The number is 01582481822 or you can WhatsApp in on 0779481822. Right. Okay. So we'll go straight into um, this idea of intellectual development development when it comes to children but more specifically this idea that what is education um now for somebody who went through kind of the training system in terms of a teacher i think education to me has always meant 
kind of I guess the parting of, of knowledge so for somebody to be in a position where they have knowledge and then to share it um, with somebody else I think that's probably how I grew up thinking about it or even while I was training I think it was always this sense of kind of sharing knowledge and and then I think my faith is something that did tend to play a big part in that in the sense that we know that the first revelation um, on the Prophet ﷺ was Iqra, was read. Um, and that's partly actually the kind of the vision behind the book club show and how important it is to our um, faith as Muslims. Um, so I'll bring Umm Muhammad into this. What, do you, what is your interpretation of education? So firstly, I think I'd probably make a distinction between what we understand nowadays as schooling as well as education. So schooling, obviously, you go through the school system, you learn how to put your hand up, to ask her to go yeah. to go to the toilet, yeah. you learn how to um, you know you're conditioned. When the bell goes, then you have to go for lunch. Um, it's it's the school process, mm. um, which has its benefits as well, mm. um, but essentially that's really distinct from education itself, um, which I believe is really um, a person knowing what they need to know to navigate through the world that mm. they live in. Oh no, absolutely! I think that's beautifully kind of summed. But yeah, I like that actually in terms of, and we all—I don't know if this term maybe is kind of interchangeable or it is interchanged by people. I guess this idea of schooling and education—I mean, they could in, even have their own entities, perhaps. Um, so now the book that we're discussing today, Educating Children, children based on the poem Riyadh al Subyan. Um, now we obviously attended that session by um, OCC on the weekend and um, Sheikh started by talking about what is Riyadh and the fact that, you know, it, this... You know, it was interesting because um, there was one, I remember um, a mother who was Arabic-speaking yes. who, who was really kind of, you know, giving her... Um, understanding of it and it was really interesting actually that kind of dynamic he brought to the group um so what can you maybe share a little bit about that this idea of, of well obviously he, he explained it's like um training isn't it or, or some sort of teaching what did you take from that uh, for me, I just thought there's lots of aspects to it. So mm -hmm. he used the word riada, which literally can um, be understood to mean like a, a you know, um, mathematics, mm -hmm. uh, PE, you know, something that's done rote. Literally, mm -hmm. it's 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 uh, uh, the repetition um, and it's uh, instilled through that way. And that has an element um, that has a p place and a purpose within educating children. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just need to learn things they just need to learn it rote they just need to memorize in that way however mm -hmm. he used other terms like tarbiya mm -hmm. uh, tadib so it was very interesting because tarbiya now you're moving towards this idea of nurturing growing um caring developing um and obviously we know that has a big element in plays a big role in uh, child rearing as well and tadib perhaps arguably the most important one of them all um the idea of um instilling manners and etiquette within the child mm. yeah no i mean and there were those terms were used and we were introduced to these um terms in terms of um you know the the, the arabic language and how we obviously as in, you know english speaking i guess how to really try to understand that you know um and obviously coming back to this idea then of of um a sheikh was talking about the Prophet Sallam, um, basically saying that, you know, Allah sent me almost kind of excelling in, in, in giving adab. And then he, Sheikh was then asking her what actually is adab. And, and actually um, a mother answered it how I would have, which is, oh yeah, it's etiquette, it's manners. Yes. Because that's something, yes. especially I think if you're Urdu speaking, yes. you talk about adab, you, you know, always kind of to do with respect and Absolutely. manners. Um but then, uh, you know, Sheikh to actually really kind of dig dig deep in terms of its meaning and it's actually to put something in its rightful place. Um, so now how do we, I guess, interpret this notion of, of what is it that we're putting in its place, like, yeah. so to speak? So it's a really powerful concept, uh, perhaps one of the most central concepts in Islam. Uh, the Prophet, Allah said himself, Allah gave me uh, adab, he taught me adab, and he excelled in my teaching. Uh, the Prophet um, is described in the Quran as being beyond a tremendous character. Uh, so what is this adab? Um, the definition that the sheikh gave was that it is to put something in its correct place um, almost you can understand in English the idea of giving something its proper due 
So the idea is, uh, he, he gave a beautiful example about should he have worn a tie today um, when he uh, came to the um, event. And his wife, obviously, mashallah, <laughs> as any dutiful wife would, advised him that he should. But he thought, hang on, look at the crowd that I'm speaking to, you know, mashallah, rough, rough and tumble <laughs> Luton crew. <laughs> you know, uh, will they respond well? And it was almost like knowing how to deal in that particular situation. Um, and, you know, the idea that every situation is unique. So actually having that wisdom and that skill to respond to that. So I always say to my children, you know, um, if the neighbors are in the garden, don't scream loud, mm. don't <laughs> kick the ball, you know, um, against their fence. Don't, you know, don't do anything that might otherwise, if nobody's around, then you're free to do. Mm. So it's about having the wisdom of knowing that we, we're not um, sort of uh, individuals in that we live like hermits. We mm. just live <laughs> yeah. on our own, getting on with life. We live with other people. We interact with other people. And the skill is to basically be able to teach children the best ways to make these interactions. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what Islam's about because we're living mm. with others. We're living with not just other Muslims, but humanity. How best we make those interactions, how best, how, uh, how our adab is with people. Mm. And I think, you know, again, it was really striking this idea that we're, we're, we were studying a classical text, but actually this idea that to do a thing at the appropriate time, I mean, it just shows so much wisdom in that. Yes. And obviously even the example yeah. that you've just given and, and, and just knowing that actually that there's certain things that at a certain time, absolutely, you know, that's what needs to be done. But then this idea that actually we can, I mean, I don't know, adapt would be the right term, but it, but it is almost because there is that flexibility in our deen that um, depending on what context that you're in, you, you're able to do that. And obviously coming uh, back to the, obviously then this idea of then, parenting that you could obviously as a parent when it comes to your you know children make a decision at some point and uh, another situation might be completely different you know um and actually what i think was um a question that a sheikh asked at the session was when does parenting begin and it was so interesting the different um answers that you know that everybody did that everybody gave i think my i think i wrote down um uh, something along the lines of you know at the beginning of marriage this idea that when you're first thinking about marriage that maybe that's actually when you really do need to start thinking about parenting actually that early on um so what do you what's your opinion on that uh i i love the answers that were given mm. and it just shows that um there's so much depth uh to to the topic at hand uh so traditionally actually and probably you could say more simply um, the advice is that when you're when you think about parenting, it's upon choosing a spouse mm. um, because you're choosing somebody who you hope is going to be the father mother of your child. So uh, Sheikh gave a hadith um, in which the Prophet some advises uh, some of the companions to be aware of the big green bush. Okay, mm. and the big green bush in the Arabic context is uh, sorry the big green bush that grows in manure. So the big green bush analogy is. Um, for in an Arab culture, you know, it's, it's something beautiful. Can you imagine, like in a desert, you know, like this 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 glowing green, uh, sort of uh, beautiful, you know, something very uh, aesthetically pleasing. However, it grows in the manure, i.e., its roots um, are are in something horrible and base. Um, so the Prophet gives that analogy. So for a woman, sometimes, um, who might be very beautiful, who might be very, um, you know, sort of aesthetically pleasing, but if her roots are not good, then actually that can, and the same for a man, absolutely the same for a man. They say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So <laughs> it really has a bearing um, on that because this is the person who's going to be um, the mother stroke father of your child. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And actually the fact that we're talking about books, we, you know, people, we use this... Um don't, don't judge a book by its cover and actually how how um, apt yeah. that is because um, and we you know we all, we all sometimes do I think fall into that but when it and that's why this reminder is so powerful that any anybody any of our listeners out there who potentially at the moment you know seeking yeah. seeking a partner for marriage really like you know I know yeah. we, we do get obsessed he, with yeah. who's the right person is there a click and yeah. you know all these he things he gave a beautiful he mm. made a beautiful clarification in that he said. If she's beautiful mm. and the roots are good, mm. you know, that that's fine. Mm. But it's the idea of we live in a very superficial age. You know, he earns so much. She, uh, If he earns so much and he's got good character, mm. alhamdulillah, it's all good. Yeah. But it's the fact is, I think what the idea was trying to make us think a little bit deeper. Mm. And, and it's true. Uh, good looks fade. 
uh, wealth decreases or can increase we don't know there's no guarantee Allah is the one who provides mm. so there really is that element especially because we live in the age of image as well we live in an age of um, you know uh, a very superficial culture that we live in mm. yeah no absolutely and um, and I think it was it was good actually in terms of um, this um, Riyadh al Sibian and this kind of reminder. And I do feel that it that is what it is in essence, you know. And again, because it actually is so vast, it's not even just about the fact that it is just about parenting because it really does touch upon um, other things. So, um, like we're saying, that even if you're not a parent yet and maybe just yes. seeking marriage, yeah. um, but you know, one of the most interesting actually. Um, responses was that oh actually i think parenting begins when you're you yourself are being parented and subhanallah you know it's it's really something um to think about that how were we parented ourselves by our own parents you know the context that that was in and and ourselves i guess as as children immigrants living in this country um who obviously we're we're british but and all of these things and how all of that you know plays a role and how we how we ourselves kind of i guess were born and bred but then also then how that um has an effect on our children as well i think they say you naturally are inclined mm. to do whatever your parents did so mm. you'll find yourself sounding like your mother and father yeah, now scary. if your mother and father are mashallah <laughs> you know from the awliya if they're from, <laughs> from righteous people then hey that's all good but no, we're, 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 we all have our weaknesses mm. let's say so I think for parenting in this age it's about whatever's good mm. continue that whatever needs rectifying it's about being aware of that being honest um, striving, doing that jihad and rectifying oneself from those uh, base traits, from mm. those traits that are not good for you and therefore not going to be good for your children. Mm. So it's about tweaking the parenting that you've learned because uh, we are creatures of habit. Whatever we've seen, whatever we've been taught, uh, whatever, however we were parented, that's how we will parent. Mm. So when and Mm. often it does need adjusting uh, we need to be able to be brave enough to do that yeah no i agree and and then uh, you know again this idea of nature and nurture and and coming back to this term of of darbiya um and the fact that this darbiya this educating or nurturing you know it basically simply means you know to make something grow and and again i think it was at that time um uh, sheikh abdulaziz he he used an example of um you know if you're growing a tomato plant what are some of the things that you need and then he he then went on to saying okay well what are some of the things that um you know children themselves need and this idea that somebody who does um who uh, kind of um i guess instills darbiya is called a murabbi um so that's literally the person who who does darbiya so it could be um you know translated as a caregiver but again coming to this idea of of if you're trying to grow a tomato plant, which I have to say I am trying to do at the moment, but because um, I'm not really a, a gardening person, I must say, but I'm enjoying it. Except my my tomato is still not growing. So, but um, it was actually a gift from a friend, and I remember actually the amount of investment I was putting in trying to raise these tomatoes i just this nurturing feeling was coming back to me and the fact that i need to make sure there's enough light there's enough water and and coming back to actually um you know what are the things that children need to develop and we we kind of did this exercise didn't we to see do you want to um, talk a little bit about that yeah, very quick. So I'll very quickly just uh, sort yeah. of go back to what you were saying, actually, because I think it's very interesting. Mm. We're talking about the idea of the tomato plant. And I think for, you know, the green fingered among us or those mm-hmm. who try to dabble in that area, you realize, oh, my God, it's so hard to try to get a little tomato, something you go to Asda's and buy every single day to actually get to get it to grow, to get it to not die, to get those yeah. snails not to eat it. It's so difficult. And this is a little itty bitty plant. So what of a human being, actually that job, you know, of raising a human being, the immense responsibility. Um, I think if people were just to ponder upon that and reflect upon that, that really should initiate a lot more change in their life. And that's actually one of the initial um, discussions in this blessed poem of Imam Ramli, where he he basically says, um, uh, so he introduces, he praises Allah, and he says, uh, prayers upon the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu his family and his companions. And then following on, he says, no. So he's speaking to us, no. The education of children from the initial stages is a great affair. So he's clarifying that from the very offset in this poem, that this is a great affair. And I think if we were to really realize that and embody that, I think we'd give it a lot more attention. One of the um, speakers at the local, uh, sorry, at the event actually made a point of saying, 
the place was half empty, you know, mm. and it was it was a knockdown price. It was convenient to get to. It was a a Sunday, a decent hour, not too early. <laughs> you still get your lie in. And Subhanallah, where is the community? And I don't mean want to sort of bash. I know we all have commitments and things uh, going on, but generally you do just get this feeling that you know if we want to look at our homes, our homes, pieces that are brick mortar concrete whatever we invest so much i need to have the right paint i need to get the right wardrobe oh my god this sofa i'm dying for this sofa <laughs> you know and these are these are like things that dust this is this is the result of these things dust that's that's their uh, final abode and these are human beings souls eternal souls that are in our trust and do we even ponder day and night beautiful thing Sheikh is also a teacher and he would say that when he was on his way he would be driving to school crying he would be driving to school crying oh Allah give me what I need to take for these children tell me what I need give me guide me to help them in the best way these aren't even his flesh and blood these are children that he cares for as a teacher imagine what du'as inshallah he's making for his own children so I think that's one thing that's really really important that it's so important um, to realize how important it is. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And no, no, thank you for um, sharing that. And I think, yeah, this idea that actually parenting it is a great affair and we do need to actually... Um, yeah, spend more time contemplating that, you know, is is definitely um, something uh, we all need to do. We are heading uh, towards a break. So we are at the moment discussing educating uh, children, Riyadh Adol Sibian. Um, so grab yourselves um, a tea and coffee and join us in a few moments after the break. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz and you're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana and the time is 10.30. It's Tuesday the 16th of July. I hope you had a lovely break. And before the break, we were talking about uh, the book Educating uh, Children, Riyadh Adol Sibian, which is based on a classical poem by Imam al-Ramli. It's been um, translated by Sheikh Abdul Aziz Fredericks. And before the um, break, I realised I hadn't actually um, shared some of the background of um, Sheikh Abdulaziz. So I'll just do that um, now. So he completed um, a BA degree in primary education specialising in language arts, um, carried out postgraduate studies at the Institute of Education. Um, and he's worked as a teacher, educational consultant, head teacher and school principal um, in England and actually um, Scotland, where he's originally um, from uh, South Africa and many other countries as well. Um, he studied under many prominent traditional scholars. They include Ahmed Mansur um, al-Haddad, under whom he studied in Jeddah, and Abdul Rahman al-Khitami in Kenya. Um, so Sheikh Abdulaziz uses his teaching experience and variety of use, uh, variety of using modern teaching methods um, and interactive style. And I think I will definitely um, uh, kind of second that because he is teaching at this session that myself and Muhammad, who's my guest today, that we attended. And it was really actually refreshing. So he, he was, I think, interactive is a perfect term. Um, and actually just kind of humour and and um, just being really, really engaging. And actually that in itself for me is somebody who has been a teacher or, um, you know, as a, as a mother as well. And, you know, my daughters go to school and seeing their teachers as well. How important it really is to, as a teacher to be engaging, but to really know your audience um, and to be able to um, share that knowledge, but in a way which is really, really accessible. And I think sometimes in this idea of um, the way, you know, the school system is, you know, there are certain flaws in it, even when it comes to teacher training and things become very, you know, rote and you've got to be really, really, you know, uh, kind of a stickler for, for the curriculum and sometimes there's not much flexibility and and I think in all of that kind of bureaucracy I think teachers they do sometimes suffer um you know and then all this offstead and all this pressure and, and things like that and and actually it was nice actually in my now as an adult and mother myself to be able to attend um this session um to be a student again I think you know it was, it was really really beautiful and I think what was interesting for my daughters to see me in that um, state of being educated because otherwise I'm always like don't do this do this this is what's right and constantly being a bossy boots um, as a mum to my children I think it was good for them to see me actually sitting down and writing and listening for once and um, so um, my guest in the studio today is Um Muhammad who is a mother and teacher and we have been talking about educating children Riyadh Sabian. 
And just before the break, we were talking a little bit about this analogy of um, what Sheikh used about going, uh, growing, you know, like a tomato plant and all the things that, um, you, you know, that, that plant needs in order to be able to kind of flourish and, and grow. Um, and using that as an analogy, actually, for what is it that children um, need, you know, to, to grow? So what would your answer be to that? First thing I'm going to go in and say, <laughs> I hope I didn't frighten anybody <laughs> with, with my little uh, run earlier. As much as we do say, yes, the, 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 the list is uh, abundant. There is so much that children need. This is one thing that we got from the workshop, mm. <clears throat> from shoes to hugs to love to food to security. <clears throat> the list <laughs> was, was, was very, very long. But one thing that we needed to uh, sort of emphasize is, is this is a religion of hope. We're not a religion of despair. Everything that um, your children, our children have needed, everything they need and they will need can be found in the book of Allah and in the sunnah of his Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everything is there. So the first thing that I would say that I put at the top of that list, list is they need and we need primarily is a relationship with Allah. Um, we talk about parenting, we talk about what do children need, but we forget that the greatest resource that children have is their attachment to their primary caregiver. And often, more than often, that is the mother. So really what a children what children need is for this resource, right? Not to be exhausted, not to be depressed, not to be uh, isolated, not to be um, what we say, uh, you know, um, a, a somebody who has a weak attachment with Allah. You know, we need to, but that doesn't just come about. We're not, you know, this isn't a religion of you sit down where, where it calls, it's about cause and effect. So you have to do, you have to take the means to strengthen your iman. You have to take the means to learn, to educate yourself um, so that you can be this wonderful resource for your children. Because all of this list, we realize food, clothes, hugs, support, um, you know, a, a, an understanding of the deen, a relationship, a special relationship with Allah, a closeness and, a, a you know, an understanding of the Prophet Sallallahu um, All of these things, to be able to actually deliver that, you need to, you need to have it yourself. You can't run on empty. You can't give something that you don't have yourself. Yeah, no, it's a brilliant um, reminder, actually, when it comes to, you know, and, and this, again, you know, there's these things of um, that just being used now in modern yeah, the side of self-love, but actually, you know, as Muslims, it's something which is, you know, always been yeah. uh, paramount. But maybe, perhaps, yeah. even ourselves as 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 people of the Ummah have forgotten that. Yeah, know, I think and, a beautiful mm. time I had this recently. I, I don't recall where from, so please forgive me. But you know, you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. i.e., you love for yourself. Do we, especially as mothers, <laughs> do we even think about loving something for ourselves? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know, we, what do we? And then question that. You know, as mothers, you know, you, you drop the kids off or you put them to sleep get a piece of paper brainstorm what do i love for myself and write down it will be so difficult write down anything that you can think of for yourself what do you truly want and wish and love for yourself because we know of the hadith of the prophet mm. that the son of adam the children of adam they'll be lined up mm. and the first one will come and he will ask 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 of allah the next one the next one till all of the children of adam have asked every single thing mm. that they ever desire from allah and and it will and it will not affect allah <coughs> as in it will not take from the storehouses of allah more than a needle dipped into an ocean mm. and why they say that a needle dipped into an ocean because the needle is obviously mm. made of iron mm. so it doesn't even absorb mm. i.e. nothing every single thing that we want has no bearing on Allah. His storehouses are full and plenty. So if we want for ourselves, we have to want for ourselves Mm. first before we want for our children. And it's hard. You have to do that list. What do I want? I want a relationship with Allah. I want to really be close to my Lord because I know in reality, nothing happens without Mm. his 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 will so mm. i want i want to be close to him i want to you know uh, show him my appreciation i want to uh, follow in the footsteps of the prophet i want to know him know about his life before i meet him on the day of judgment we have to want all of these things i want good health yeah. <laughs> you know i want security oh, I mean, yeah. you know all of these things if we mm. write them down if we want them ourselves then we can want them for our children yeah no absolutely you know thank you so much for that and i think um i think you're right and, and, and this kind of reminded actually and all those wants that we want uh, I've just realized what I said. But yeah, literally, yeah. all those wants that we want yeah. are from Allah, that risk, you know, risk us from Allah. And, you know, all we have to do is ask. Um, and we have a question from um, 
somebody. So it says, Salam, ladies, great show, mashallah. I wanted to ask a question regarding instilling love for Allah. How do you make your child love Allah when, as children, we make the mistake of saying, don't do this because Allah forbids or doesn't like it, etc.? Yeah, going to see. Uh, firstly, I just recall, and actually, I've got shivers up my spine <laughs> <laughs> because um, a teacher once said this, and I literally had shivers up my spine. He he said, "Don't ever, ever, ever associate anything negative with Allah." You know, you are unhappy with your children when they bring their shoes in the house. You are unhappy. When they leave their dinner on the table, when they leave their, their plate on the table. Never, ever, ever with Allah, you know. And a story I was told one time um, of a little child, maybe about four years old, and the uh, family were planning a trip. Oh, where should we go? Where should we go? Should we go here? Should we go here? And the child, little child, innocent child, turned around and said, they asked, they said, where do you want to go? And the child said, anywhere but where Allah's not there. Mm. You know, and, and their family, this was a religious family, they were so shocked. They were like, my goodness, why is she saying that? Mm. And they realized it's because every time they'd spoke about Allah Ta'ala, they'd said it in a negative Excellent. sense. Mm. So Allah is your Lord, your nourisher. Allah Subhanallah, is the Lord of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu If you learn and teach your children about the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu because with Allah, Allah is abstract, they can't understand. But if they if they learn about the life of the Prophet Sallallahu this beautiful, beautiful individual, they will fall in love with him. If mm. they fall in love with him, they will fall in love with the one who sent him, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Mm. So it's about connections. Get your connection with the Prophet and inshallah you'll get your children will have that connection with Allah. Mm. First and foremost, sorry what I was going to say, in yourself. My teacher said this to me one time and it really struck me. He said, if you as a parent cry, like cry of happiness in remembrance of the Prophet don't think that's going to have any little effect on your children. Mm. That's immense. <clears throat> no, thank you. And I think actually that, that probably um, is a good good way actually of thinking about it so this idea that actually if we because the question was you know if we're saying to our children oh but Allah said not allowed or this is forbidden or you know it's just you know baddied or you know all these different terms that we use um that actually yeah maybe perhaps the way is that we always refer this notion back to the prophet so when I'm talking to my children I think I mean don't get me wrong I have fallen into that mistake of doing oh but Allah you know and I, I have done that but I think I've now kind of actively when I'm talking to my children I do bring them back to the Prophet Sallam, and I, a lot a lot of the time I talk about the Sunnah anything that they do um, so for example I've got two daughters and they're obsessed well I say they're obsessed obsessed but this idea of wanting long nails and wanting nail polish and then just trying to number one I don't actually I don't wear that stuff so it could makes it a bit easier but um, then just trying to explain to them actually well the Prophet said every Jummah we, we cut our nails so if we're cutting our nails yeah. then what are we doing with the nail varnish what's yeah. the point and so not to say I'm not trying to say that oh, girls shouldn't wear it because obviously you know my girls are young anyway but just generally this kind of concept bring everything back to the Sunnah and and doing it from there or just reminding them what would the Prophet have liked you know and, and maybe that might be a way it doesn't mean obviously it's the, the answer will work for everybody but um, I think that potentially might be it but thank you so much uh, for the question we've had um, another WhatsApp message in saying Why, wow love the topic and the book your guest is so knowledgeable mashallah I'm really enjoying listening and learning from you and that's from Syrah from Kingsbury lovely we've got somebody over from um London, fantastic. Right, so um, let's come back to then um, talking a little bit about um, the book um, itself. So it's Educating Children, um, Riyadh Dittal Sibian um, by Imam al Ramli, and it's translated by Sheikh Abdul Aziz Frederick. So um, I gave just a little while ago a little bit of a background on, on um, Sheikh Abdul Aziz um, himself and actually his own uh, manner of teaching. So some of the other successions things that we um, discussed at the session of the weekend which was organized by organization of culture and character um, so in this session um we then spoke a little bit about actually what is Akal. And now, myself or Muhammad, we are not now experts in this, even though I do have a background in science. Uh, but I'm not going to uh, go too much into that. But, um, you know, Sheikh, uh, he brought up a, a picture of just like the, the brain and all the different parts of it. So, um, and he was t talking sp specifically about the megdala and how actually that, um, how that actually pertains to our behavior and our Akal in terms of intellect. And he was explaining that intellect is, is basically means to grasp hold of a thing um, or even more specifically to grasp a wild animal and train it um, this is kind of the idea of what um, uncle is and in, when it comes to children the time that we can be sure that actually they reach that level of 
I guess <clears throat> being not it's not intellectual. I'm th- what's the word? Well, I mean this idea of uh, which is basically when they can discern what what harm or can benefit them. Okay, so that's kind of the time. And then he asked, actually, what age do we think that is? And we're like, well, actually, you know, it could be, it's really different. So um, a three-year-old, for example, if they decide to, um, I don't know, what was the example um, at the time? I mean, a child will know that actually this something, this thing is going to hurt me, right? And actually, I better not do that. Maybe they end up touching up, you know, you're about to have your tea and they touch the cup for example and that can happen at a really young age where they know ouch that was really hot and that's actually I might not do that again um, but then this idea that actually when do children come to this age of maturity almost specifically this age of discernment and then I think the majority of the um, answers were well it's probably approximately around um, the age of seven and then Sheikh was giving um, the example of Salah, and actually, how obviously it becomes an obligation, you know, um, on on a child or on a person, you know, when when you're ten. But actually, as parents, you should start instilling that importance around the age of ten or earlier, because you're just getting used to, um, getting them used to this idea that something is an obligation. You don't want to suddenly not be encouraging your children to pray, and then when they're ten, suddenly go, okay, right, you've got to now pray five times a day. Um, so, Muhammad, what do you think um, about this idea of aqal and this age of discernment? Um, it's my funny, but I thought it was really interesting that uh, Sheikh was talking about, like, obviously the idea of the akal and, and development, mm. um, because I think we have this understanding, um, especially sort of from my community, the Indo-Pak community, um, that a child, a child, I'm talking about even a baby, <laughs> when they're very, very young, you know, oh, they just, they don't understand. They're just little, they don't understand. Mm. And, you know, in our deen, this is so cut off with all respect to, to, to the culture, um, in, in our deen, um, we have this idea that even the fetus is aware and even the fetus is uh, affected by what the mother eats, i.e. whether it's halal, whether it's ethical, uh, whether it's tayyib, i.e. wholesome, uh, what she sees, what she hears, um, her environment is infecting the fetus. And then obviously we know when the child is born, we have this thing called emotional attachment. I see this really, really weak in the Muslim community at the moment. Um, one of the classic ways um, you see now, um, even in the in the hospitals, when a baby is born, skin to skin, skin to skin, take your clothes off, skin to skin, <laughs> you know. And it's the one of the really things that they 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 ins- uh, insist now. And the reason why that is is because they want the child to be emotionally attached. So when the child is born, when the baby, even from the re- when they're very young. By being close to the mother, by listening to the heartbeat. I, I mean, I have a seven-year-old that still hugs me, and I really think he's tapping into my heartbeat. You know, it, uh, I've got a ten-year-old that needs a cuddle <laughs> every now and then. Get over it. Get <laughs> me a cuddle. You know, and we forget that because you know, you know, they're they're fine. They're, they're children. They don't understand. They understand everything. And one thing we need to understand is often they understand more. They're in a very different zone to us. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think that's that's you know the idea of, of development and to be yeah. aware that every child have what we call what we call sorry period of sensitivities, mm. and only in an attached I say primary caregiver I'm going to use that interchangeably with mother because more than often it is, <laughs> only the mother really is is in tune. You know your children. You know sometimes they go really really forward. They're really brave. Oh, they want to go out and they want to stay with their huller on their own. And the next thing you can't get them off your leg. Yeah. Right. And then the the intuitive mother is the one that's not going to force that. Mm. That's not going to say, no, you were fine last week with Hala. Go, go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. Is the one. OK, she's she's coming back to me because you're her p- port of call. She's coming back. And it could be a teenager. It could <laughs> yeah. be any age. She's coming back. She's getting that security. OK, now you go off. Mm. So it's very much at the child's pace. Maria Montessori, everybody's into very much Montessori. You know, Montessori is very close to the Islamic idea of raising children she speaks in one of her books about the idea of this uh, insect i can't i can't quite recall what it is but this insect when it's born like sort of hatched or whatever it has a sensitivity to light so i.e when it's born it's comes out of its egg and immediately it looks up because that's where the sun is now what the mother does is she lays her eggs underneath the place where when that knowing that when that egg is hatched that the insect will look up baby insect and it will eat its food there and it can only eat that food to survive in the early days so once it does that it looks up it's hatched it eats the food and then it basically grows stronger 
And what happens is that sensitivity to light actually goes. It's only there in the first week or so, so it's got a purpose. Allah has put purpose within children at different times. They need different things at different stages. So when we ask what does a child need, it's a really, really down to what age they are. Mm-hmm. Early uh, uh, children, very first, first they need skin to skin contact. They breastfeeding is ideal. I know some mothers have issues with that, and there's no hardship in religion. But if possible, breastfeeding. Pakistani community in Luton has one of the lowest, if not the lowest, rates of breastfeeding. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. This idea again, coming back to what those what you know our children need and you're right absolutely all of it is dependent you know if any parents out there what age your children at and now i mean this session that we attended um i came home and my i told my daughter oh you know so um this this you know i was at this um session it was about parenting she goes oh so what did you learn about becoming a better parent then i was like hmm <laughs> and the example i used well i said to my daughter so she's nine I said, well, you know, the topic of the iPad came up, actually. And what Sheikh was saying is this idea of, you know, this age of discernment. So explaining to my daughter that when a child knows between wrong and right. And um, so there's a a question at this session about, oh, but, you know, is an iPad a good educational tool? And there was, you know, a bit of discussion about, you know, yes or no. Um, But then. You know, Sheikh saying this idea that if a child knows it on the iPad, but then they know when to stop or when they actually that's enough now, that is an example of a child having that uncle that, you know, and then my my daughter struggles with coming off the iPad and she kind of went a bit quiet. It's like, see, I got you pack. (laughs) But um, but yeah, you know, and it's really interesting, actually, how we then apply these things to our own lives because sometimes you know it's like again coming back to um imam al-ramli and, and you know rada del sibian and it's a very classical text and definitely you know you would need a teacher any of those kind of texts i mean it's so important to to, to take knowledge from a teacher because otherwise you know we, we could just get really confused i would say um but yeah and then but how do we apply that in our daily lives and you know there was a question um Again, again, just bringing it back into our current context that may, maybe many of us are that actually not all, um, not all children, and uh, sorry, not all families at the moment. You know, we can't. You know, all families are different. You know, you have single mums, you have single dads, you have children who are, you know, maybe have um, caregivers who who aren't their parents, and you know, so there, there's lots um, going on. Or even actually, to be honest, even in this day and context, and obviously with society and then you live there are families who have like two mums and two dads and this is all the things that actually we need to be really kind of mindful of and but then bringing back to this um idea of, of then kind of gender roles and this question that but what if now we have working mothers and you know or, or dads aren't around as much as they you know were back in the day i don't know and and check a really interesting response he goes well you know actually as long as the, the children are getting what they need for their development it doesn't really matter whether it's coming from the mother or father so he was actually sharing his own um kind of um experience as well but what do you think about that you know muhammad this idea that actually um yeah, in the current context of how we are as, as as family units and how does that then feed into the development of a child? I think it's entirely true that, um, you know, you strive to give a child everything that they need. Um, but again, like you said, the needs of modern society are complex. But again, like we said, this is a dean of hope. So, um, you know, you, you, you strive, you do your best and you leave the rest to Allah. Ultimately, the... the all affairs are, are in his uh, his control, alhamdulillah. You know, so you, but you have to take the means. Mm. You know, you, you, you take yeah. the means and you leave the rest to Allah. Um, so I think really, um, primarily I would say, if, if there's any family out there and they really want to, uh, you know, sort of think about how better to raise their children, I would say, you know, firstly work on yourself. I went to a, uh, a talk one time about raising children. I got my pen and pad, sat down all ready to make some notes. Oh, what am I going to boss them around with today? What am I going to go home and lay into my kids with today? And subhanAllah, he did not even mention the children once. It was all about yourself, okay? And I think if you see the modern community, if you see all sorts of bizarre things, like you're, you're talking about little nine-year-old finding it hard to get off an iPad. You've got Muslim men addicted to porn. Mm -hmm. You've got Muslim women that are on all sorts of sites, looking, shopping here, this, whatever, perhaps addicted to porn as well. I don't know. As in, we're literally, we're at rock bottom, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So forget about educating children. Educate yourself. We all know, all right? Every, Every single one of us has something that we're struggling with. 
and it's not a shame. It's Sheikh mentioned about sorry, it's not a sin. All right, we don't have this idea of a, a, a Christian biblical concept of sin. Sin means oh my God, I've done it. I'm going to hell. We have the idea of toba. Toba means returning, literally returning. Okay, so unloaded. All right, return. You did it. Return. You did it. Return. You did it. Return. Go back to your Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with your repentance. Okay? This is a Lord we're dealing with. Know your Lord. Know who you're dealing with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who can take a bad deed and turn it into a good deed. And this is easy for him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I think when we think like that, when we really just try to work on ourselves, the things that we're struggling with, if we, um, if we are people that we are, like myself, right? And then we, we want to raise, you know, we want to raise Sayyidina Ali's. We want to raise Sayyidina Fatima's. And where people like me, that's dreaming, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to just move a little bit and do what we can, inshallah, yeah. with Allah's help. That's a beautiful summation. Thank you. And we've, we have a messaging from Sister Needham. It says, I have to share this with you. I went for an injection the other day at the doctor's despite having children and done the hardest thing in life. I still hate needles. My four-year-old son see, sensed this. As I sat in the chair, he came over and rubbed my back and told me I will be okay. Oh, he sensed my worry and reassured me that I will be okay. And that's really, really sweet. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sister Needham. And... Um, Gosh, it's so true. And actually, wasn't it? It came up actually even at the session, this idea that parents, uh, sorry, children are sometimes parenting yes. their parents. Yes. <laughs> like, it happens all the time. The amount I learn from my children yeah. um, is, you know, is, is absolutely um, amazing. Yeah. I this, think the beautiful yeah. example that Sheikh gave there was of his own mother. Yeah. He said she was a woman who mm. knew two surahs. She knew ikhlas and fatiha, what you need to pray, alhamdulillah. And uh, he gave the story, I don't time to very quickly touch minutes, upon it. So he basically it, yeah. said that um, she went into a coma. She was very seriously ill and she went into a coma. And um, he, she wanted him to read Quran to her. And he said he's never read this much Quran in his <laughs> life, mashallah. He said he would read, 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 and he would nod off. And he said, as he was nod off whilst reading the Quran, he would notice that her eyes would flicker, i.e. indicating, keep reading. So he would read, read, read. And he said all of a sudden one day, he said actually the day before she passed away, she got up. So she got up and she basically said, call all the children. And she called all of them and she told them what they needed to hear <laughs> and he said subhanallah she said to the youngest one you know you know you know about religion aren't you i'm dying you're supposed to tell somebody who's dying to say their shahada tell me to say my shahada she's telling him you know she's telling him so he told he was like three o'clock in the morning the youngest son uh yeah say your shahada <laughs> she said it subhanallah she passed away and died Subhanallah. No, I mean, that is just beautiful in terms of actually, yeah, this this idea that um, parents and children and how actually we are a unit. Everything is from Allah, the blessing of being parents. And even if you're not actually, this idea that, you know, there's so much beauty out there and just asking Allah and, you know, for his risk and um, for his blessings and always, always returning to him, no matter what we've done, no matter what we're doing, always to return. Um and that is it. We are at the end of the show. We will, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.